Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Today, our guest will be Jantu Aji. This is your host, Lisa Tommy. Don't go away. You don't want to miss this. I want to welcome Jantu Aji to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast and YouTube. This is your host, Lisa Tommy. Welcome. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to have you here today. I understand you just got off work, your day job. Yes, ma'am. Did yes, your day ma'am. job involve writing poetry? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be a lot more uh, a lot more therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> it's every poet's dream, but you know, a lot of what we write about with poetry has to do with how we live our lives and if we didn't have all these other lives that we live, what would we write about? You know? Exactly. Well, that's exactly. our inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, poetry, um, writing in general, it does come from uh, just living, you know, just life's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just pretty much uh, everything that uh, I've learned uh, my short little 52 years, soon to be 52 years, you know, so. You know, it's been interesting. It's been a very interesting experience, for sure. Yeah. You've had a very full life up to your 52 years. I tell you what, if the rest of your life is anything like what you've had, what you've done up to this point, then my goodness, <laughs> you've been a busy man. Kind of jealous, you know, you, you worked with hip hop artists and then like, oh my goodness, ghostwriter yeah. for them. Uh, I I just, I'm amazed. <laughs> No, that happened. That actually happened uh, on accident. Uh, Yeah. yeah, When I moved to Seattle, I hadn't uh, embarked on that uh, purposely. It was just uh, I had uh, relatives there that were um, in the music business and we were living together at the time, you know, and uh, they asked me, you know, they said, man, do you rap? I was like, man, I'm a writer. I don't don't rap, you know, but uh, (laughs) It didn't. It didn't really occur to me. I should have known that you know, uh, rap. All all hip hop is is poetry. You know, mm-hmm. music. And um, they said, "Well, write a rhyme." You know, so I did that, and you know, they liked it. And they said, "Well, you know, they, we had a rule back then. You know, if if you write it, then you got to spit it. it. Means you got to get on the mic and you got to rap it." Right. And, yeah. I just. I didn't. I didn't really like my voice. You know, but they, everybody seemed to. Nah, man. Just just get on there and do it. You know, give get. You know, try it. You know. And, Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work. I, I learned a lot about engineering, producing, and just, you know, I was uh, approached by some um, some local uh, hip-hop artist to uh, be a ghostwriter. So I was, you know, mm-hmm. a little flattered by that. Yeah. That is flattery. Yeah. I was, you know, so it was, it was an interesting, it was, it's been an interesting ride. You know, that was, mm-hmm. that's been almost 20, 20 years ago now. 20 years, young man. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So some of the, some of those lyrics, uh, I, I wouldn't dare say now. They're a little bit, you know, <laughs> off color. <laughs> <laughs> you know, colorful, I guess. Yeah, I think it's add a little flavor to life, right? Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting. I, you know, I kind of got a, a small little taste of uh, what the celebrity, what it was like to be a celebrity, you know. So, mm-hmm. of course, I went by a different name then, but you know, mm. but you know, hip hop name, whatever. You know. Ah, what was your hip hop name? Are you allowed to say? Uh, they called me uh, Mr. G. 
Mr. G. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, I want to give a shout out real quick to uh, Sharelle Jackson for uh, linking us together. You know, that yeah. was that was that was a very uh, very sweet gesture of hers. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of her book. You know, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, one of the that best. That is probably. something. Yeah, it was amazing. I I just got my uh, my uh, paperback copy uh, last mm -hmm. week, and it's. Mm -hmm. Just add a new addition to my library. I'm starting a new library now here at my yeah. house. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very proud of her, you know, of her accomplishments. You know, she's definitely uh, been a great inspiration and a great friend. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember how I met her, but I am so glad I did. Um, she and I, you know, we chat back and forth sometimes, you know, and mm -hmm. um, she, she's been on the podcast and um just real impressed with her quality yes her quality with her poetry is just you know it's the type of poetry you can only hope to write absolutely i mean it's like on a level like nikki giovanni you know just mm -hmm. amazing just you know, i was like yeah. wow I ain't no, you know i ain't no I mean, it, it, it made me go back to school you know i was like i gotta, I gotta mm -hmm. go back and learn a few things you know it's just <laughs> i didn't i mean i know all poems don't necessarily have to rhyme, you know, mm -hmm. they don't have to, you know, I was just, I'm just wired that way. I got to, I got to make things rhyme and, you know, it's got to have metaphors and, you know, but, but, uh, her poetry is a storytelling, you know, yeah. she was telling stories and her poems and I was just, mm -hmm. just blown away by it. Totally blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real pleased with her work. Um, now you, were awarded in 2019 the National Poetry Award for Nubian Poets. Tell me about that. What pool was that for? That that also came on a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, going through a phase where I was just writing a lot of poems. I was uh, this was before I got into um, book writing, novels, writing novels. Mm -hmm. um, so for a few years, I was I was going through a a phase. Uh, this is my post little small little rap career um moving back um, to the midwest and i was dealing with a lot of uh lost a lot of relatives you know a lot of relatives were passing away you know left and right and so poems poetry to me was getting back and just getting back into the uh swing of writing again was a uh, was a release for me you mm -hmm. know and um so i was making a long story short my brother um we were talking about the old neighborhood, you know, that we grew up in, you know, and uh, I was like, you know, 81st Street, you know, and he kind of was giving me some ideas and, you know, I was just kind of reminiscent of, of a time, you know, back in the day where uh, we were more of a community-based neighborhood, you know, mm -hmm. and so I just was, was sitting down and I, I was like, hmm, I wonder, can I put that into a poem? And I did, and then I was on Facebook. I just got on just got back on Facebook couple of years ago and it was a I got a, a sent a, a notification of a poetry contest you know and I said man what the heck you know it was, I think first prize was uh, $250 and I said what the heck you know what I got to lose you know so I submitted it and paid a little three dollar you know uh, registration fee and I honestly forgot about it and then uh, the next thing I know I guess three months later I got a, an email saying that I won <laughs> you know first place <laughs> And uh, I was like, okay, well, this is this is different. I never I never won anything, 
you know, that was really my first, you know, uh, I don't participate in contests or play the lottery mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just, I don't really gamble no more. So, but I was, I was uh, surprised. I got, I got first place out of hundreds of people, you know, so mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. You know, and some of the poems that I read of uh, people that was in the kind of the contest were very good. I thought, you know, but they picked me and mm-hmm. that's how that happened. So, yeah. <laughs> are you going to read that poem for us? Uh, yes, I can. Give me one second, Lisa. I got it right. All here. right. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I literally just walked in the door from work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the poem is 81st Street, and it reads like this. <clears throat> On this block resided men with mighty pride, and these households stood strong women by their side. Connecting the gap where all neighbors meet created an unbroken family on 81st Street. A small piece of turf that was less than a mile where it, took, where it, truly, took a village, where it truly took an entire village to raise a child. At a time when brothers and sisters were sold to keep, nothing came between us on 81st Street. A house divided could, could not stand, the foundation that bonded on turbulent land, and a world of wars where the ground is below six feet, a covenant of protection shielded over 81st Street. The camaraderie, the camaraderie we shared was unmatched by none, earnest and genuine respect to the old from the young, Gestures of feeding love for all those to eat. Hunger cannot prosper on 81st Street. Reflecting back as an adult upon a special time of all the treacherous places I've seen riddled with crime. I can only remember winners learn how to beat playing with friends on 81st Street. That's it. I like that. I like that a lot. It does a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, just, you know, just compare it growing up being a child of the seventies and, you know, growing up during that time, you know, um, it was basically, I got a novel that I'm gonna, that I started on, uh, talking about basically, uh, the black community, uh, prior to crack cocaine the epidemic, you know, uh, how we came up, you know, and how to, how to close knit, uh, neighbors, you know, were like surrogate parents to the kids and, uh, the ice cream man and, different things like that. Teachers would, would come to your house. <laughs> you know, if you failed an assignment, they would come pay you a visit. They would just pop up on you, you know, just just different things like that. The church was sacred ground. You know, uh, these things now are lost, I think, you know, in today's world. So I was just reminiscing on that. You know, that's that's kind of where that came from. And, I, you know, I decided, well, you know, my brother encouraged me to, uh, why don't you write a book about it? You know, it's like, well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I think that'll be good. I look forward to reading that when you get it done. Well, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, about halfway through chapter one right now. I just I've been so busy. Okay. I got currently got four books uh, published as of right now that I published actually in 2020. I was I don't know. I was I was like a madman just writing just just. That was really my second job, was just writing. So Yeah, I in fact I was gonna share the screen because I pulled up your Amazon page. Oh, okay, great. Let's see. Yeah, we have um Ebonology. It's the one that I have. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you have some others listed on here. Let's see. Yes. Papa's Boys. I actually think I'm going to get that because um, it just looked like some kind of book for me to read like that. Um, it's a family. It's it's more of a family uh, dramedy. Yeah. You know. Dramedy. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dramedy. You know, it's got. It's a lot of comedy, it's um, mm -hmm. romance, and you know, it talks about fatherhood, you know, grandfatherhood, and you know, just different right. things, different different That's things like, that relate to me. It's, it's more based on some of my personal experiences and experiences of people that I know. Yeah, it's got kind of a reminiscent feel to it, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Then you have the legend of Sister Hattie Harris. Looks like you have the return of Sister Hattie Harris. Yes, ma'am. That's part of a <clears throat> that's part of a three book series that I started with. Um, mm -hmm. So those are more uh, action crime, you know, driven novels, uh, historical okay. thrillers, if you want to call it that. They're, they're a little bit more grittier, for sure. Um, yeah. Hmm. But that was just something, you know, once again relating to my family. Just some of the um, like uh, women, like my grandmother, like. What was she like as a young woman? You know, some of the uh -huh. some of the struggles that she had to go through. You know, and my great aunts and oh, you know wow. uh, women of that era, like going back a hundred years. And uh -huh. so, I just kind of took that that idea and just made it into like a little like a crime novel or action. You know, I, I've always wanted as a as a young as a as a boy, I wanted to create my own like action hero uh, heroine. Like I grew mm -hmm. up watching Pam Greer. You know, you know, I grew up yeah. on. Pam and, oh my goodness! Look yeah, we started on Pam Greer. Yeah, love Pam Greer. <laughs> I think I've seen everything she's been in, and probably at least three times. Yeah, you know, love Pam Greer, and just you know those women in the seventies, and just action, you know, just you know action uh, heroines, you know. Um, then later on, I got got really attracted to uh, like uh, Sigourney Weaver's character in the Alien movies, and. Um, uh, Linda Hamilton and the Terminator movies. You know, I was like, just you know, tough, tough chicks, but you know, very, very, you know, graceful and feminine. But they can get tough on you if they have to. You right. Know? And there was a lot of women back in those days that were like that for real. You know, they just they yeah. didn't they didn't play with you. You know, so mm -hmm. I just kind of took that idea and just kind of ran with it, made it into a. Uh... Now the third book is still in pre-production. Haven't really got to the. Uh, to the gist of how I want to go with the third book. I just kind of want to see what kind of following it's going to have, you know, with the first two books before mm -hmm. I proceed with that. So, but I mean, they're entertaining. I mean, I haven't, yeah, I don't want really said anything. I, you know, I had uh, being a, being so, sort of a rookie, uh, first time novel, not a writer, but as a, as a novelist or uh, author, <clears throat> you know, I had, uh, had a lot of editing issues that I had to you know, fix. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that was very challenging. That's always a deal with everybody's editing. <laughs> yeah, you know, editing is probably the hardest part about it, you know, and so I was, after Papa's Boys, I just decided to take a break. You know, matter of fact, I just got re-edited. I'm going to reissue it uh, today. So if you uh, would like a copy, Lisa, I can definitely hook that up for you. It wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem. So. Oh, that'd be great. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of my kind of reading. I mean, I like things that have the the possibility that it could be a real life story. You know, something that's pulled from some real experiences and maybe even fictionalized in that, but it have that, that real life 
flavor to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's for all my all my books so far. And then the ebonology just kind of was just um I wanted to stay open. I don't want to be a one-trick pony. You know, I just wanted to be able to do other things. Um mm -hmm. you know, the first two books were like I said, were very crime driven and you know, violent and whatnot. And I was kind of like, look, I don't want to get stuck. You know, people, you know, read that and like it and like, what what else you got? What else you got? It's like, no, nah, I got other things, you know. Um, so after the first two Hattie Harris books came Ebonology. <clears throat> and um basically it's just a collection of all the poems I've written, you know, just in the last several years, you know. Um, and then um they're very topical of, of today's times so or what's going on. Um yeah, I just try to find imagery to put to those particular yeah. poems, you know, just, I mean, just ideas. I mean, it was just something that I was torn around with. I didn't think no one would ever actually like it, honestly. But it was just <laughs> something for me, it was just as an artist to try something, you know, different. Um, yeah. You know, and it has a little bit of history in there. You know, I talk about uh, Dr. King and Malcolm X and just, you know, different people, uh, people who inspired me to even get into poetry. Uh, of course, Miss Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. Um, then you have, you know, of course, the usual suspects. Then you have the unusual suspects like Bruce Lee, <laughs> you know, Richard Pryor, you know, Muhammad Ali. You know, those are those guys I grew up with and admired very much. And they all had they all had their own poetic way of expressing themselves, you know, mm -hmm. which definitely uh, left a long lifelong impression on me. <clears throat> yeah. Now, do you have some poetry to share from that book? Um, I have a soldier's song. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can. And that's a dedication to my father, um, who had just he had just passed away when I wrote this poem mm -hmm. uh, six years ago. So let's see, a soldier's song goes, in the battlefield of love and anger. A soldier's son never cries. In the midst of pain, despair, and danger, a soldier's spirit never dies. A broken man who bonds with mighty pride finds reassurance from family ties. The strength he shows through endurance to God only resonates from those who survive. A soldier never leaves a man behind. In the combat of good and evil, many were left. A soldier's prayers will never decline because Jesus wept and hoped that faith be kept. A soldier can fight for right and wrong, misunderstood by many, misjudged by some. A prophet's story was told in lyrics of the same song. In a war of souls, a man walks alone and trusts no one. Life is a promise, death is a reality, but a soldier's son can never cry. Only God represents immortality because the soldier's spirit never dies. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Your father uh, was a staff sergeant, I see. Um, yes. He lost in 2015. And did you write that after your dad passed? Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really like that a lot. I wrote a, a devotion for my dad, um, not in the form of a poem, but it makes me kind of want to. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he was also a military man. Yeah, them guys are—they're they're tough, you know. <laughs> they are. They sure are. <laughs> they're tough. You know, I just—I uh, 
like I said, that poetry was was my healing, you know, for mm -hmm. with you know, because after dad, it was like just back to back to back to back, and so I just went through a, a whole entire series. Everything in Ebonology was a series of poems that I'd written during that time period, <clears throat> you know, and came across you know just some things that were uh, topical, you know. Um, I just uh, I, I decided uh, two years ago to start a business, um, start my own little production company. I, I also have a podcast too that I do. I haven't, haven't been as active with the podcast. I've been so busy with books, but I got 82 episodes on there, on that podcast. Awesome. Uh, What's know. the focus on your podcast? I'm sorry. What's the focus on your podcast? Oh, just, um, just talking about, you know, topical, topical um, subjects. I try to stay away from gossip. Um, mm -hmm. I don't get into celebrity gossip and stuff like that, right. unless it's something meaningful, you know, mm -hmm. um, just based on, you know, my opinions. It really started with uh, me wanting to find missing kids, missing children, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there was a disturbing, uh, very disturbing story that came out uh, two years ago about a little five-year-old child, was, no, she might have been four, uh, Malia Davis, uh, down here in uh, Texas. And uh, I remember when, I, I mean, I don't really follow news stories that much, but I just happened to follow that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, from the time she was missing and then they found out, you know, she was, you know, had, had uh, perished at the hands of people that knew her, you know, her own family, you know. And it just, it just tore me up. Something about that story, just it just really messed me up. And then right. I was getting these uh, news feeds about missing uh, children, missing black women, young women, and it's like, man, I, I didn't know what to do, you know, so I saw uh, a friend of mine who's a YouTube uh, content creator has a podcast as well through Anchor, mm -hmm. and I just, you know, I, I reached out to him, I said, man, how'd you get your podcast started? And he said, man, it's free, just go to anchor and .com, fm.com, and yeah. they'll walk you through it and set it up, and there it was, you know, I did that back in the, the summer of 2019, and there it is, you know, almost two years later, you know, 82 episodes in, I put in, the, I always put in the, in the description box, you know, information on where to find missing children and, you know, the 800, you know, crisis number and things that, I mean, just trying to do my part, you know, it's almost like a public, yeah. you know, service really, you know, it's not about me, you know, but mm -hmm. just an extension of what I'm doing. You know. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, you never know. Somebody might hear something and, you know, remember something that they saw that could help right. find a child. Right. You never know who's listening, you know. So you never know. Yeah. You know, I do I have, podcast surfing all the time. Yeah, you know, I just you know, just you know, I think if everybody just do their part, you know, to try to help someone, you know, I believe in paying it forward. You know, I mean I've been blessed. You know, so far in my life, I've, I've had some some bad things happen too. You know, but overall, you know, I think I've been very, very blessed. You know, to survive, I survived COVID last month. You know, I had COVID, so oh boy, yeah. So, man, so I made it, made it through that. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a tough one. I'm I'm glad to have you here to tell about it. Yes, ma'am. Me too. I, you know, matter of fact, when you had reached out to me, um. I was just getting over COVID. I was in the middle of getting over it. You know, I was, I had been off work. So, yeah, so that was, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. You know, I don't plan on going nowhere. 
<laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, so it was definitely a blessing. This has all been a big blessing. You know, very, yeah. very great. Yeah. I just got my first injection last week because I, I qualify under old people qualifications. So mm. I just have one more to get. Still don't feel 100% confident about it. So. No, I, you know, and I mean, I have nothing against, I just don't trust. I'm from one of those people, I can't take vaccines. Um, mm -hmm. The last vaccine I took was back in 91, 1991 through a company I used to work with. And I was down for about two and a half, almost three weeks. It made me so sick, you know, I lost weight. And they didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, if I had AIDS or what, you know, they didn't know my, my parents you know, at the time were both alive. And uh, nobody knew, they know what was going on with me. And so once the, once the vaccine finally got out of my system, I got back to normal again. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't do that again, ever, you know. Now, of course, yeah. as a child, you know, we have to get vaccinated as children. You know, we have to mm -hmm. do this. But I just had a bad reaction to that one. Yeah. You know, 22 years old, and I was in the greatest, greatest shape of my life. I didn't really have a lot of, a lot of you know, pre-existing conditions or problems, but it was just a, a flu vaccine. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't taken one since. I just, I said, well, if I get the flu, there's remedies for the flu. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I just rather do that and just, you know, sweat it out. Yeah. But of course, this COVID yeah. is a little different. I know that I do understand. But yeah, it's a whole different I, I feel. I a lot better if, uh, if the vaccine had been around for a few years, you know, let it, let it kind of circulate, you know, let it get around and we'll, we'll see where it's at. Then I may consider doing that, but no, nah, it's too new. I just, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't trust it. Now, do you have another, uh, book of poetry coming up? It's been all this year, last one for a while. Um, Lisa, that's a good question. Um, I, I did think about Ebonology 2, book two. Mm -hmm. um, I do have, actually, I, <laughs> Actually, I've written a poem yesterday and <laughs> posted it on mm -hmm. Facebook, my Facebook page, if you want to see it. But I hadn't really, uh, I think I might have written two poems in the last year. Mm -hmm. So I just really haven't, I just really hadn't had time. For, I'm going to get back into it. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, there will be an Ebonology book too. I'm okay. not sure when it will be finished, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do want to. I, I want to accumulate enough poetry at least to keep it interesting, you know. Yeah. You know, it's gonna it's never it's not gonna be nowhere near as good as you know Sherelle's book, you know, but you know, but I do definitely want to uh, keep the momentum going. I mean, if people, you know, people like it, then you know, I I would like to continue continue on that path, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Now, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with us? Um, well, I don't know. I'm, this is a new experience for me. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is a new, it's like being, like being on an interview, like, you know, uh, being on someone interviewing me and interested in me. I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess, you know, I guess I'm interested in somebody. So just, <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, made a lot of mistakes in the past and, you know, uh, learn from those mistakes and just try to, I don't consider myself much of as a militant revolutionary as I used to be, you know, I, I grew, you know, I learned to grow that there's just good and evil, you know, in the world. It's not so much about 
race, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, as much as I thought it was, you know, but that comes with time. You got to grow and get around and travel and, and talk to different people, meet people, and you realize that, you know, because there's people in my group that are, I got the most resistance, honestly, from people in my own group, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of where that, that inspiration from um, my last, my, my most recent poem, Blackened, came from. It just kind of came from that. It actually came in a dream the other night. Oh. I was a little hesitant to even share it. I was just kind of like, this is good. This is going to put some people off. You might get turned off, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, the truth will set you free, you mm-hmm. know? So, That's true. So, you know, people like it, you know, it's like anything else. They're either going to like it or they're not. You know, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not from that. I'm not from this. I don't care about being liked. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing this for views and likes and all that. I'm just, it's mm-hmm. a passion, you yeah. know, uh, I started as a child in the late seventies, you know, telling these little horror stories of one of my cousins, you know, we would try to come up and see who see we had the best, who could tell the best, you know, scary story or whatever. <clears throat> and, um, cause back then, I don't know if you remember, but it was, um, back in those days, it's like around the time when Halloween came out and all those, you know, slasher flicks came out and Friday the 13th and all that. So we was kids, you know, we was trying to outdo each other, trying to tell, tell the best story. One of my uh, homeroom teachers got a hold of one of my stories. I accidentally took it to school with me. It was pretty disturbing, you know. So she called my mom and uh, they had a talk and they called me until I got called into the principal's office. And, you know, I learned how to be a storyteller sitting in that principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> i never forget I learned how to tell stories. Every time I get in trouble, I would just come up with a good story, you know, a real good story, you know, convincing, you know. I was sitting in court, came up with another good story. I said, wait a minute, no, it actually happened this way. You know, this is how it really happened, you know. <laughs> so the judge was like, he did what you did, what you did just start laughing. He's like, get out of here, kid. Get, get out of my court, you know. So that, that was kind of, that's kind of been my life. Um, but I never really took it serious until recently. Just, you know, kind of just, you know, I, I had I'd written a couple of screenplays. You know, I'm a screen, I'm also, in fact, when people read my books, they say it's like watching a movie because my history, my background comes from screenwriting. So mm-hmm. visual, I try to put people in the story and make them feel a part of it, you know. So that's that's kind of where that comes from. It comes from my background as a screenwriter. And, uh, you know, I'm also a, a music aficionado, you know, so I, I'm always thinking about when I'm writing, I'm listening, I'm listening to music. And so I'm trying to be in that mood and then in that mode, you know, so <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's kind of uh, a little bit of background, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, my name, uh, Jantu, it's broken down into five elements, you know, J meaning jewel, uh, U for uncanny, uh, N for narrator, <clears throat> T for uh, thoughtful, and the the U for unbreakable, so that's kind of that's kind of how it's broken down. And then I G oh. last, yeah, the, the last name I G is a Jamaican proverb for a everlasting king. So that's kind of okay. that's kind of how my name is broken down. So oh wow, that's yeah. awesome! <laughs> I love it. Thank well, you. thank you, John Two, for being with us today. Okay, oh, have a wonderful you. rest of your day. No, thank you, Lisa. This has been a this has been a privilege, you know. All right. This has well, thank been a privilege. You. It's been a privilege to me as well. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Take care. You too. All right. Bye bye.
Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Would you like to be on our show? Email prolificpulse at gmail.com and we'll get back to you soon. Thank you. Have a good night. And in the meantime, be sure and listen to our closing music. Bye-bye.